This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Monday afternoon, July 10th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. There are some critical things to consider when hiring a financial advisor. We'll cover that in our next segment. But first, the busy week ahead on Wall Street includes a slate of inflation data as investors brace for the start of the corporate earnings season. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home. Here's Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager with MacroTides.com based in San Diego. Jim, thanks for joining us today. And uh, this is the first anniversary of the double-digit inflation print where we saw inflation over 10% in the summer of 2022. It's come down a long way, baby, but uh, as far as the Fed's concerned, it's not long enough. Well, you're right, Rob. Uh, The Fed obviously pays attention to the headline CPI. They use core PCE, personal consumption expenditures, uh, as a much uh, more important guide. But we are going to see inflation have another big drop, as you alluded to. Last June was the the peak. And uh, again, the CPI is a 12-month rate of change. So you take away what the monthly CPI was for June of 2022, 1.3%. And then you add in the monthly increase for June of 2023. So if you subtract 1.3% from last year and you add 0.3, and that's just a guesstimate for what happened in June, uh, the CPI will drop from 4 to 3%. So we're going to see a big drop on the headline. The core will probably drop from 5.3 to 5. Uh, this is going to be the last big good news on the CPI because the next six months, the takeaway values from last year, Rob, are 0.2 versus 0.89 for the first six months of this year. So enjoy it while it lasts. What what does that mean? Because the, the, the uh, analysts expect uh, 3.1% for the month of June with uh, core CPI at about 5%. Um, you say there's uh, trouble brewing. This may be the last good news report. What does that mean going forward? Well, it means that the headline progress that we've seen, you know, significant progress, potentially from 9.1 down to around 3%, uh, that's very significant. But in the next six months, it's likely to be flatlined uh, and could actually tick up a little bit. Like in July, when we get that reading, there's a good chance it's going to tick up by a tenth or two. So the, the, the big takeaway values, Rob, were the easy hurdle. Uh, now, going forward, it's going to be much more difficult to get the headline CPI inflation to drop. The core should drop some more than the headline because of shelter takeaway values and the way that's calculated. So that, in coming months, will provide some better news relative to the flat line in the CPI. So it's uh, the old last mile problem, but in this case, it's the uh, last percentage point problem for the Fed. So the, uh, the the hiking cycle is not over as far as using the only tool they have available to them. 
That is correct. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that they're going to raise the funds rate another quarter point when they meet uh, in the next couple weeks. Uh, beyond that, I think they are going to be truly data dependent. They know, uh, you know, monetary policy acts with a lag. And just looking at things like lending standards, Rob, which have increased significantly in the last part of last year, that takes like nine, 12 months to tick in because I might be a small business who took out a loan last October. I'm not going to feel the impact of the higher lending standards until this October when I got to renew my loan. So that's the progressivity we're going to see impact. I think the economy is going to show more signs of slowing between now and the end of the year. Um, you know, to me, that's just a done deal. Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager at MacroTides.com, based in San Diego. It's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Choosing an advisor is one of the most important financial decisions most people make. Joining us now to share some of the keys is Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago, the website EngageWealthGroup.com. Ed, thanks for joining us today. And as a financial advisor who is uh, is responsible for many retirement funds it's like oh you're just merely responsible for the last 30 years of someone's life uh how how profound of a responsibility is that for you as a certified financial planner yeah it's an immense responsibility rob and one we do not take lightly when when someone's willing to put their entire financial life in your hands you know, you want to make sure that the person that you're seeking out has the highest standards and is always looking out for your best interest. And so just starting with that premise of who to look for is daunting because I can tell you our industry at times is generally not as transparent as it should be. And there are just a lot of bad stories out there. Everybody has one about a friend of a friend who, uh, you know, a buddy or somebody they knew in their life was their financial planner and they just it was one bad decision after the next, then, and the next thing you know, uh, they're working until they're 80 or something like that. And I'm sure you've heard those stories as well. Yeah, you know, I, if there's one guidance among many that I can give your listeners today, Rob, it's just to take your time when looking for a true fiduciary, a true professional, because again, you worked your entire life for these savings, and especially as the older you get, you have less opportunity to recover. And so choosing the wrong advisor can have serious long-term detrimental financial impact. So make sure you do your homework. For instance, like when you're interviewing a financial advisor, don't just talk to one or two. Talk to three, at least three advisors you could potentially meet your need, and then have a listing or criteria in regards to whom you're talking to and, and how. Very important, Rob. And, and, the, and, the, and the interview almost needs to be like a job interview. Like that's the level of intensity or the level of due diligence you have to do uh, when you're talking to a potential financial advisor. Yeah, because go figure, a lot of these folks are very good salespeople. So they can spin you around left and right. And, and by the time you're done with the interview, you're not really sure what you were talking about. And so, you know, we provide guides to the clients. You know, financial advisor questionnaire is one of our most popular pieces that we hand out to the public, which is basically just what you said. It's almost like an application. It, it asks things first and foremost. Are you a fiduciary? Are you legally obligated? And then it goes through another eight to ten different questions in regards to the financial advisor you want to work with. Because truly understanding who you're engaging with, especially for your lifetime and your lifetime of assets, 
again, like we said earlier, is a really critical choice, and you don't want to mess that one up. Investment philosophy, asset allocation, some important questions to ask, uh, investment benchmarks. But it seems like a, one that's, that's really important is determining how your financial advisor gets paid. Yeah, Robin, this is one of the things I hear quite often that when, when pe- members of the public tell me, well, I don't pay anything for advice. Well, I don't know too many of us in the profession who do this for free. That is just a yellow or red flag for me. So understanding how you get paid or how the advisor get paid is so critical. Neither right nor wrong, but how that relationship is costing you is important. So your next check-in with the advisor, ask that question. The the simple question is, what is this entire relationship costing me, not only in fees and commissions, but overall expenses for the account? Then you, as an informed consumer, can start making good judgments in regards to whether that relationship is working for you, at least from a cost perspective. And then very quickly, Ed, what's your take on uh, hiring a friend who is a fiduciary to be your financial advisor? Yeah, we have friends and neighbors who hire us all the time, and it, and that's just terrific because it gives us just that sense of satisfaction that we're doing good work. But anybody, it's trust but verify, Rob. You know, brokercheck.finra.org, if your advisor is receiving commissions, go there, or advisorinfo.sec.gov, go there. And what you're looking for is the regulatory background and check, because even though it might be a neighbor or a friend or a colleague, you always want to check but verify, trust but verify what their background is. Ed Jertsen, Certified Financial Planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. Find him online, engagewealthgroup.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Summer can be the perfect time for parents to teach kids about how to earn, save, and manage their money. We welcome in Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Craig, thanks for joining us today. And this is an especially uh, opportunity time to talk about how kids uh, can save and invest their money from their summer jobs because according to all the labor statistics uh, kids are making a mint on their summer jobs this year no doubt about it and listen rob if we don't teach our kids about money someone else is going to and that means our values might not transgress through and rob i can't speak for you but i speak for myself and there's going to be a lot of people nodding their heads when i say this how many of us wish we knew back then what it is we know now so i think we got to encourage the kids right away to start associating work with money and start putting away some dollars into a savings account, not allowing everything to be spent. And some of these uh, money lessons don't necessarily have to be taught uh, when your son or daughter gets that first summer job. You could even begin teaching these lessons with an allowance. 
Well, that's just it. And sometimes I like to think of the allowance more as a commission, to be honest, because I don't want any of my kids to ever think that the money came for free. You know, we don't have a money tree in the backyard at the Bolanos household. But if you can link chores or regular household duties, maybe we call it an allowance, into earning money, I think that's a great first step. And and one of the lessons uh, that, that you really try to uh, impart is that, you know, it's, it's not all work. You can actually spend money on things that you like, but you also, by learning about saving and investing, you understand what's worth it and what's not. Well, that's just it. It's about protecting choice. And realistically, I think it's about delayed gratification. So if the kids want to buy the new Transformer, because who doesn't want a you know version of Optimus Prime that looks like a gorilla from the new movie or any of these other things, just have them save their money over several weeks. You got to wait because at a young age, no one's getting a credit card. But most certainly, we have to find a way to teach the teenagers. And it's never too late to teach the college kids about the danger of unsecured credit card balances because they can get racked up pretty quick. And then very quickly, Craig, uh, talking about the Transformers figures, that's a pretty good segue into the concept of investing, that maybe you open a brokerage account and invest in the companies that make Transformers. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You know, encourage those that are in our household to invest in what they know, to invest in what they consume. I think that's a fantastic way for people to get started. And now that most of the major brokerage firms allow something called slices, which is the ability to buy fractional shares, no company is too expensive. Everybody can begin to invest a portion of their savings. Greg Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group with offices in Inverness and Downers Grove. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead, investment ideas from our Monday stock picker. This is Chicago's news, traffic, and weather station, News Radio 1059. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The only known suspect in the Chicago area Tylenol killings of the 1980s has died. President Biden heads to the NATO summit after a quick stop in London. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get some options from a portfolio pro. Some investors are turning to gold in the current market. WBBM Business. The markets are higher now. The Dow is up 186 points. The Nasdaq is up five and a quarter. S&P 500 up seven. We have 82 degrees right now under sunny skies going up to a sunny 88 today. It's 1231. Topping our news at the half hour. The lone suspect in an infamous unsolved Chicago area series of crimes has died. The Cook County Medical Examiner's Office here in Chicago has definitely confirmed the presence of cyanide in two separate bottles of extra strength Tylenol. That's archive audio from WBBM News Radio 78. Seven people died after swallowing Tylenol capsules in 1982. James Lewis, who was found dead yesterday at his home in suburban Boston, was found guilty of trying to extort money from drug maker Johnson & Johnson. He was never charged in the killings, however. Investigators questioned him as recently as last fall as part of a revived effort to bring charges in the case. James Lewis was 76. 
President Biden has left London and is headed to Lithuania for the NATO summit. CBS News White House correspondent Weijia Jiang says Ukraine continues to push for membership in the alliance. One line the president doesn't seem ready to cross is the push to allow Ukraine to join NATO. I don't think it's ready for membership in NATO. President Biden said that the war must end before Ukraine is admitted, fearing all members would be dragged into conflict with Russia. If the war is going on, then we're all in the war. You know, we're at war with Russia, if that were the case. During his brief stay in England, the president met with King Charles and British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Uh, markets a little bit higher right now. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors, based in New York. Jim, thank you for joining us today. After uh, kind of a, a, a mixed morning, it seems like uh, the three major indices have decided to uh, point the arrow up. Uh, what is driving the day on Wall Street? Well, on the in the case of the Nasdaq and the large cap technology stocks, the uh, the exchange announced a rebalancing, which will reduce the representation of the largest seven stocks that have done so well, uh, and spread that among some of the um, uh, the less large stocks. And so that was putting pressure on the uh, uh, the, the, the the apples, the the alphabets, the the Microsofts uh, of, of the world this morning, and that was placing pressure on the entire market. And it looks like that adjustment for the moment uh, has run its course. Uh, in addition, uh, so that allowed the rest of the market to uh, uh, to make some progress. In addition, yields seem to be receding under the feeling that uh, inflation, when it's reported Wednesday and uh, the PPI on Thursday, will show progress against inflation, which adds to the possibility that the Fed is getting close, one, maybe one more uh, rate increase, uh, and a, a decline in yields is supportive of equity prices. So we have a positive spin on it this afternoon, but we have a reality check Wednesday and Thursday, and then, of course, earnings season starts on Friday. Consumer price index comes out this week. The uh, analysts say that uh, we'll probably have a 3% headline number for the month of June. Core, uh, The core CPI at 5%, uh, a decline from the month of May. But now it looks like, uh, Jim, we we're, we're going to reach that last mile problem. How do you get from 3% to 2%? Well, by the Fed staying high for a long period of time uh, and continuing to reduce its balance sheet, uh, which will suck enough liquidity out of the economy that it will slow down. I mean, the economy has been amazingly resilient to a 500 basis point of rate increases, three bank, uh, uh, three bank bankruptcies, and the economy has powered through. And the feeling is that um, you take rates up a little bit more, keep them there for a while, it will squeeze some of the excess uh, demand out of the economy. You've started to see some slowdown uh, in hiring. And that's the soft landing scenario, that they, they, they raise one, maybe two more times, stay there for an extended period of time, and the economy gradually slows, but uh, soft landing or no landing, just a few, a few quarters of zero growth. By any stretch of the imagination, this has been a great year for the S&P 500 so far. But the thing is, uh, it, it seems like uh, economists and analysts uh, don't really enjoy the bull market while it's happening. They're always looking over their shoulder. They'll look back fondly on it once it's over, but right now they're looking for threats. Uh, well, you know, that's the job of investors, to always be on the lookout for what could go wrong because you're uh, managing either your own capital or clients' capital. And they, they, they do say that markets climb a, bull markets climb a wall of worry. So it's when there's euphoria 
that you have to worry. You know, back in uh, when all the SPACs and, you know, 2021, when all the, the SPACs and the speculative stocks and the meme stocks, that's when you have to worry. It's healthy if you have a situation where people find a lot of things to worry about. Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, ClearSet Advisors, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, gold could rally to an all-time high, and we'll talk about how you can get in on the action. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Gold is catching the eye of some market watchers. Joining us to talk about why it could be poised to outperform stocks over the next couple of months is Mark Holbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com based in Washington. Mark, thank you for joining us today. And let, let's give people a, a gold 101. Uh, if you want to uh, finally jump into the gold market, what are some things you should know? And, and let's begin with... With, uh, arguably, Mark, you could say this is the uh, the oldest commodity in the history of the world. I think uh, you're probably right. It's been around and been traded and used as a precious metal for you know thousands of years, and that's actually one of the attractions of the metal. Currencies come and go, countries and central banks come and go, and so uh, insofar as you want to have long-term secure wealth, a lot of people think gold. Uh, is is the is the commodity to turn to, and that it provides that long term security. Now it does come with a price. Unlike bonds or stocks that pay dividends, gold doesn't uh, doesn't yield anything. So it just sits there. And indeed, if you buy the physical gold, you have to pay for storage costs and that sort of thing. And so it does come with a cost. But it tends to, if you want to go back to gold 101 here, I mean, it tends to do well when things are going badly elsewhere in the economy. So during periods of high inflation or geopolitical uncertainty, at least the story goes, it turns out it isn't always the case, but the story goes, and there is some evidence for this, that gold tends to do better during those times in which the rest of the economy is suffering. Now, there are numerous uh, gold investment products that are advertised uh, all over the place uh, in which the person uh, behind it ends up paying a rather large SEC fine or uh, spends some time in the Gray Bar Hotel because they're actually kind of scammy. So how can you get into the gold market and know you're getting into it uh, via legitimate means? Well, that's a great question. And indeed, for all investments, and I don't mean to focus just on gold, one should always take, I guess, call it a trust and but verify sort of approach before putting your money in in any particular product. The, the product that I think is probably the most secure is an exchange-traded fund. It's the, it has the ticker GLD for gold. And it basically holds physical gold and then share, sells shares of this ETF that represent a portion of this uh, big physical stock of gold that they buy and keep in a vault, I believe, in London and uh, and have it audited so that people can verify that the gold actually exists. So that's one of the more secure ways. Another is if you want to buy the shares of gold mining companies, and again, you don't want to go with a penny stock that uh, says that they found some, some new gold mining that no one else has ever found before. What you would do is you want to go with what's known as the senior gold mines that have been around and have an established reputation and have audited financial statements. There's an ETF that follows it. It's called GDX, and it's uh, it's for some of the more established gold mining stocks. And then what is it about gold right now which uh, could make it uh, a more valuable play these days compared to the uh, just overall market? 
Well, yeah, and this is very much a short-term bet. I mean, this is only the next, say, month or two, maybe as many as three. And it has to do with what the sentiment is in the market. As you know from talking to me before, I take a what's known as a contrarian perspective on these things, so that when there's a lot of optimism, it's not a good sign. And when there's a lot of pessimism, actually, the odds are that the market will do better. And right now, there's a lot of pessimism in the gold market because, because gold hasn't done so well over the last couple of months. And there's a lot of optimism out there among stocks. So if you were a contrarian, which is somebody who follows this sort of sentiment data, you'd bet on gold over stocks over the next several months. Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come our Monday Stock Picker. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's Stock Picker Monday, and helping us out today is Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist with Ingalls & Snyder, based in New York. Tim, thank you for joining us today. Two selections on this Stock Picker Monday, and the first one, uh, Roper Technologies. They have uh, expanded quite a bit, but a uh, long time ago they made uh, appliances that were in your, in your grandmother's kitchen. Yeah. Uh, this company's come a long uh, way, Rob. Good afternoon. Uh, these are two companies with very unique business models. Uh, Roper acquires, they used to acquire industrial companies, as you referred to. Now they re- acquire software companies, primarily from private equity, which wants that liquidity to put in the next new, new thing. Uh, but Roper then uh, oversees these companies, leaving managements in place, lets them run themselves. It's an asset light business. They don't put capital into these companies, but they use the cash flow to buy more software companies. uh, And it's a model that really works well. And the ticker symbol ROP. And the next one is IAC, which owns a number of online brands. Uh, they sure do, and they've owned a number over the years and spun them out, uh, took them public. Expedia, which I'm sure people know, Match.com, the dating websites, Vimeo, these were all IAC companies put together by Barry Diller, who's a media maven. Uh, now they own Angie's List, or now just Angie. Uh, they've done a lot of advertising for that brand. Uh, now they're focusing more on the customers themselves to, to drive frequency and higher retention rates. They've got other companies that they plan to you know, spin out here uh, over time. Uh, they're very big in digital advertising. Uh, this is a company that's way undervalued. And uh, IAC, the ticker symbol is, uh, I hope you're sitting down, IAC. Uh, so the, and, and, and very quickly, let's talk about just the, the, their internet business model because uh, the entire digital sector seems to be taking its lumps these days, whether it's uh, streaming media companies or uh, just the turmoil going on in online media. But it seems like IAC, at least as far as their stable of brands is concerned, they might have cracked the code. Well, you know, these are really great managers. Uh, Barry Diller is, of course, very well known in the industry. He's put together an amazing team. Uh, They really run these companies to uh, grow them and then to take them public. Uh, And it's been a a winning uh, strategy for shareholders. 
Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist with Ingalls & Snyder, based in New York. Thanks for joining us on this Stock Picker Monday. His selections, Roper Technologies, Inc., ticker symbol ROP, and IAC, Inc., the ticker symbol IAC. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, the replay podcast, available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.